How's it going, everyone? Welcome to another episode of Soapstone. My name is Jake. I am joined by my co-host, as always, Dave. How's it going today, Dave? It's going right, Jake. How you been? I've been pretty good. Had the week off. Had a bunch of time to uh, hang out with family, play some games, make some Black Friday purchases. So, got that new computer rolling in nice, sometime nice. next month. Should be good. Uh, exciting. How about yourself? How you doing? I mean, uh, there's been a lot of travel recently, mm-hmm. a work trip, then some holiday traveling, seeing some family. Right. For those aforementioned holidays. Yeah. Um, beyond that, I don't know. I feel like... <laughs> <laughs> have you played? Have you gotten a chance to play many games yet? Or is it uh, kind of settling back in, recovering from jet lag? I'm settling back in. I was able to read like the Dota 2 patch notes. Yeah, yeah. And then that that was it. Oh, yeah. We'll, we'll uh, have to circle back, talk talk about the Dota patch now it's, at some point here. Because I know some of our listeners are involved in that Dota scene, if you will. Yeah. So, uh, I mean, we played a, a little bit recently. A couple yeah. of bot games, check it out. Like, when I came in last night, I'm like, I need games. I need games now. Yes. You're, you got the itch. Yeah, if you're off with family or just traveling and you don't have your setup. Mm-hmm. You, like, I played Binding of Isaac on the plane. Yeah. And, like, that was it. So, I wouldn't do like an actual game. <laughs> it's just Dave shouting on the plane. He's like, oh my gosh, why can't I find my bombs? There's no bombs. <laughs> bombs are now keys. He has a key bomb. <laughs> yeah. Which is actually uh, one of the moves from Dragon Ball Z. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. K- K- key uh, blast, key bomb. Yeah, a lot of good stuff there. But um, still not playing that much, Dota. Um yet not yeah not yet just this is what i do things. i'm like hey jake do you see a new patch you're like no i haven't yeah <laughs> like gee that's interesting i'm like yeah it'd be cool if you tried it out it's impossible not to see like the new patch though because like the community basically lives for those yeah like uh anytime that there hasn't been a patch they're just like when's the next patch they start like memeing like crazy they then, lose their minds. Have you seen this patch? This patch is bullshit. <laughs> <laughs> there's a there's a comic that goes around every single time, which is just like Ice Prog, this new this new patch is poop, you know, like whatever. And it's like it's been around since classic Dota. Right. I'm pretty sure. And it's just like this is garbage. He's just completely just a frog, completely silent. He's like, This is like I'm never gonna play this. I'm quitting the game. And then the last panel's always like he like, hesitantly takes the bite. <laughs> <laughs> And that's that's exactly how the community works. But enough about the community. That's a different TV show. I played a bunch of other games. I played uh, some recent games. What games have you played? <laughs> uh, so big ones, probably uh, Red Dead 2, Red Dead Redemption 2, um, Spider-Man, which uh, one of our listeners recommended, and uh, Destiny 2, which I know you've gotten a little bit into. I have left clicked a couple of times. <laughs> yeah. And that's the game launched. Yeah. Uh, let's let's close it. <laughs> and it's a little bit behind on that for sure. Yeah. And uh Fallout seventy six, which is everybody knows is, you know, critically acclaimed. <laughs> yeah. I'm just I'm just making eyes at Jay. Not, not the sexual kind like normal. Uh-huh. Um well, let's start with Spider Man. What are your thoughts on that? Uh, Spider-Man's Spider-Man's a fun game. It's kind of like it, it exists in that space of like open world action games like um prototype like uh, infamous and infamous second son um like the spider-man games that have come before it <laughs> so he's in a city punching bad guys yeah, he lives in the city actually 
Living in the... <laughs> we'll just put it as an edit. I shouldn't, I shouldn't do my own version. <laughs> I mean, we already had it as an outro, so we can't even really use it. Oh, fuck, you're right. Yeah, yeah. We can't be reusing content at that point. It's tough. But yeah, he lives in the city. Um, there's actually... There, a lot of those games take place in Manhattan. Mm-hmm. Like, I don't... It's just maybe convenient for the architecture or something, but it's just like New York all the way across. Just do it. Do it in New York. I think like Infamous was one of the exceptions. I think the first one might have been Chicago, and then the next one was like Seattle. But everything else is New York. But yeah, like like Batman kind of uh, large cities, uh, buildings, things like that. Usually, yeah, I feel like you need taller buildings to make it interesting. Mm-hmm. Oh yeah, because like <laughs> I, I just came back from Arizona and it's yeah. relatively flat until you get into like downtown Phoenix area. Yeah, and like as far as web slinging. As we would assume. Right. <laughs> um, what are you going to swing off of? Yeah. You have to implement like a ground pull forward mechanic or something like that. Or you got nothing. Yeah. But um, but yeah, it, it feels really good. Um, I think there was a, there's a joke kind of going around. All reviews were like, you, f- you feel like Spider-Man, right? In a Spider-Man game, you said. <laughs> yes. Um, but it is, it is true. And it's got like pretty amazing web swinging. Some of the other games have like, um, the older games are just like webs just go up in the air off the screen and you just move forward. Um, there's not much interaction. Yeah. And like older kind of spider. You just like go forward and it's like, I got you fam. Yeah. And you just go forward. The webs are are vertical somewhere (laughs) attached to clouds. Um, and in this one, like, there, there might be a couple times where uh, it doesn't really make contact, but you can pretty much always pan the camera and see that you've connected to something. Mm-hmm. Um, and that feels really nice, and it also makes everything really dynamic. So there's like, if there's like a bay or something like that, and there's a large crane overlooking the bay, uh, and you hit that web, web sl- uh, swing button, you know that you're pretty much going to hit the crane, and that's gonna, you'll have this like arc of spinning around the crane because it's the only thing out there. Okay. Um, can you tighten it? You can. Uh, I guess it kind of depends what you mean. So, like, let's say you shoot out something. It's like a hundred feet of web. Mm-hmm. As you're going, can you like oh, yeah, pull yeah. the web so it ends up being shorter? Um, I don't think you can tighten it, but you do get the parabola kind of like effect where you just swing down and up pendulum. Better way to put it. Um, mm-hmm. But uh, yeah, I don't. You you can't quite tighten it, and if you're just traveling, then most of the time you're using it to just build momentum and keep your your altitude Mm -hmm. but uh you can just hold on to the web and just stop like i had something going on on on, um like either food delivered or something there's some reason i didn't really want to um continue transitioning through the city so i just held the web and he just like just rocks back and forth on the web next to the building and then settles against the building and just sits there (laughs) and like just holding the one web that i just never released i thought that was it was a nice touch. It was pretty good. I'm surprised there's not a voice line for Peter going like, yep. Yeah. <laughs> Just appreciating the view. <laughs> he does have like um, some idle animations, I think. But the voice lines, it's interesting you bring that up. That was probably the thing that impressed me most about the game. And I um, the I think this applies to, to almost all of them. But there's a lot of conversations while you're in transit from one place to another. You got your earpiece, you know, your Batman, you know communicator basically mm-hmm. and uh if you're swinging quickly uh his voice lines all sound labored like he's uh like swinging out of breath yeah out of breath 
And if you just stop and you just stop, like, are standing on a rooftop, they sound completely calm. So, like, it's hilarious that they, they like, recorded both sets of lines, right? Like, not really necessary at all, I think, but it's cool that they did. That adds a little bit of something extra to it. Yeah. Because it always... It always seemed weird to me that nobody seems super suspicious of Spider-Man when he's like, I keep calling Peter and he just sounds like he's running a marathon. <laughs> Peter, are you in there? Uh, don't, don't come in. <laughs> Gunshots in the background. <laughs> yeah, no, it's, it's pretty ridiculous, but, um, but the game is, the game is really solid. They do this, um, this thing that a lot of open world action games do, which is, don't do which is uh actually build the characters out like um and there's been plenty of origin stories for spider-man right like every other movie is another spider-man origin um but this one does a pretty good job of making him one the game doesn't start when he turns into spider-man he's already spider-man um but uh the characters kind of develop over the course of the story and um have interactions with each other that are like meaningful um which is really hard to do because it's easy to make those situations boring like um and i think the game in a couple of places fails with that um there's there's times where you play as like side characters who are just like human people and you're like all right like evade the military and like get more supplies and stuff and you're like all right guess i'll sneak and periodically like hack something but just the antithesis of playing spider-man um and i get that they're trying to get you in the brain of people who are living in the city that aren't spider-man round out the picture yeah but that's i mean it's a spider-man game i got it to play spider-man right so would you say that it would detract fully from that it's like i don't know they're paced very differently and it's not like they're optional like they're the story is linear um you like go from mission to mission to mission so you just know that if you load in and that prompt comes up 15 minutes earlier like you just met with um with uh mj and it's like 15 minutes earlier like okay i'm gonna be playing as mj and see what happened in the last 15 minutes and their sections are always um they're always paced much more slowly. They're stealth sections. You got to sneak past people. You have to solve puzzles, things like that. You can't use your superhuman abilities <laughs> right. to achieve things. <laughs> yes. There's actually um, there's one point in the game where they have you play as MJ, and uh, Spider-Man's actually there helping her. And it's cool because like you can distract enemies and like get them away from everybody else, patrols and things. And then you signal people who are out of, out of place. Mm-hmm. And Spider-Man will take them out and, like, like attach them to the ceiling. Which is, like, awesome. You're like, oh my gosh, I get to use Spider-Man's abilities. <laughs> if only there was some other way that I could do this. As Spider-Man. Yeah. Um, but the game, the game feels really solid. Um, one gripe I kind of... The only thing I didn't do, really, was uh, there's uh, random events that happen throughout the city, like prisoner breakout and like um hostage situation things like that, criminal activities and um they just kind of randomly pop up and to 100 percent it you have to do respond those... to every single one yes and they're 
the way it works is like each area has its own tracking for it. So it's like in Queens, I did completed five criminal activities. Um, and I don't know, it's just it was not as easy as following icons on the map and just doing things. But otherwise, I pretty much cleared it. Um, a common gripe some people had was that the combat was too easy. It kind of does the, the Batman thing where you're like building combos and dodging you know so you like kind of just like press one button repeatedly and yeah. move your analog stick yeah you, you can do that on the the lower difficulties but i played the game on hard and in that one like if you make mistakes you just die <laughs> you're like oh got shot <laughs> that is my hard counter so uh... <laughs> bullets bullets get me again yeah bullets take care of you pretty quickly um so that forces you to use like some of your gadgets um and it's it's kind of funny because I mentioned like Batman earlier. Mm-hmm. This is like it feels kind of like Batman, less like a stalker because Batman plays in those games like a stalker. He's always like on gargoyles waiting for people below and things. But um, this version of Spider Man has like ten gadgets where he's just like web bomb and he's like web drone and like you know all these things like web or spider those are your operative nouns right (laughs) just attach something to it um but yeah felt pretty good and on hard you had to diversify your kit a bit to like deal with guys um and the combat does feel good because there's like um if guys are webbed up and you hit them with an attack that'll like knock them back or you pull them or do something like that if they're webbed up and they hit a wall, they're immediately taken out of the fight. They're just attached to the wall, like the webs latch them to the wall, and they're done. So um, one of his abilities is this like web bomb that like AOE web knocks people back. Mm-hmm. And uh, if they're all like next to um, to walls and things like that, you're just like immediately the encounter is done because you just thought that was a great place to use it, and they happen to hit the walls and you're done, and it feels good. Um, feels good to play so i think that uh it's it's earned its place in the good open world action games um and definitely fans of spider-man should check it out because that's it's spider-man if you don't like spider-man it might not be the game for you (laughs) yes if you hate spider-man it's definitely not the only thing i i I wish they had um it was uh was venom because i remember playing uh ultimate spider-man which is a similar game back in the day and they let you play like half the game is venom and it was awesome because spider-man never kills anyone if you throw people off also this is the main reason to play spider-man i think i've said this before but throwing people off ledges is basically what i strive for in any game that i play some games this is very difficult (laughs) but uh you can do it in spider-man like no problem so if you like just throw a guy airborne trying to kill him right because you're trying to kill people spider-man obviously uh they'll the web there'll be like a web attached to them at the last moment that like pulls them into a wall so like you never get to actually kill people by throwing them off ledges Damn, that sucks. um but uh in that game you could play as venom and venom straight up killed people <laughs> like there was this like a skull that would appear above people when they died and he's just like yep drained that guy till he died um so anyways that takes a couple points off the game because you can't kill people. But what are you gonna do? There's a uh, there's another open world game. Obviously, came out um, different though. Uh, Red Dead Redemption Two, which I think um, is not downtown. 
It's not. It's not actually in New York, as okay. far as I know. It's like in Montana or Utah or somewhere. I don't know. I should know by this point, but I really don't. Um, Midwest. Yeah. This is probably the most anticipated game, I think, of, of fourth quarter uh, for this year. And part of that's, I think, because Rockstar just doesn't release that many games. And when they do, they tend to be pretty good. Like, um, did you play Did you play Red Dead 1 at all? I don't think you... I had the chance to. Yeah. I heard things about it as, like, probably the original Xbox. Mm-hmm. And then it just shoo, was gone. Yeah. It was kind of like a flash in the pan. For uh, for when was when the viable time to play it was I think, because um, there was a lot of hype and then it's just like whew. then there was just the people playing multiplayer and they never yeah. they never talked. Um, but uh, I played that one like on it, so it was Xbox. And I had it hooked up to a uh, a computer monitor, <laughs> so I was playing like this wasn't a large monitor. This was something like a nineteen inch or whatever, um, and that was tough. That was that was low resolution nonsense. Oof. Um, they're not ever like super high res games at least back then they weren't right but you definitely needed more screen space to actually be able to read the text so it was it was interesting um but uh yeah this was kind of kind of interesting from a genre perspective there's not really a cowboy simulator which is basically what red dead is um there's like other action games come out i think like call of juarez or other things that pop up in steam sales that i've never played (laughs) but uh red dead's kind of its own its own beast um and i think uh that's that's great you know (laughs) it's not another call of duty (laughs) or something like that well my question is like how does a game like this if you have information on both compared to something like something like far cry 5 oh yeah yeah so you're also like kind of like out in more backwoods, mm-hmm. but still open world. And then, Obviously, that would be more of a first-person shooter. Yeah, but there actually is a first-person mode in Red Dead, and they're both kind of like survival-type games. Um, something that was big in the first Red Dead and is also big in this is like hunting, mm-hmm. um, and uh, it's completely optional. There's like a couple missions where you have to do it, but otherwise, it's it's pretty much up to you. And it's not like this is Deer Hunter 5 Gold or something like that. It's It's got mechanics for it, but you don't have to like sit in the woods for 30 minutes waiting for something to happen, like in a blind in a tree. Yeah, so it's kind of straightforward, but is that for just money, or do you actually need those resources for the survival mechanics? You can get like, um, so you have, uh, one of the, the main things is you have a camp um, of other outlaws, basically, because you're, you're playing on the, the wrong side of the law in this one. Um, much kind of like the original Red Dead. And um, you need to supply the camp with like ammunition, medicine, and food. And you can just straight up give them money and then buy those supplies or, you know, deliver food to the camp, venison, things like that. Um, and the hunting is actually like satisfying because uh, they have like custom skinning animations for everything. So you're like, oh yeah, I shot the I shot the deer, and I made sure I shot like shot it in its head, so I didn't ruin the pelt, and then like went up, and they have like custom animations for like like skinning everything. In the first game, it was just like uh, the camera points up at John Marston as he like stabs a knife, he's like carve, 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 sounds. like the monster on her carve. Exactly, like, it's the same motion every single time, yeah. whether it's tail or their fucking face. Yeah, yeah. 
And uh, and this one, the the custom animations are nice, and you can kind of like gather hides from creatures. Get some the meat goes in your inventory, which is just like bag of holding, basically. You can just have shit tons of raw meat just yeah. kind of like sitting in your saddlebag. <laughs> yeah, and it's there's like uh, limits on it depending on what type it is. So you're like, oh yeah, I have like four units of large meat, like you know, like um venison or something like that and then i like hunt some pheasants and i've got like three units of small meat but those are different stacks so you can't like it's not weight based there's like there's no weight um but you can get hides off of some of those things like the deer and then like throw them on the back of your horse and just make a stack of them so you've just got a visible stack of hides on the back of your horse then go to town and sell them all off which is pretty cool I thought you meant like go to town, yeah, go to town on these hides, <laughs> yeah. selling them off. And like, um, you can carry around like two small carcasses, like tied to the back of your horse. So like a, a quail or something. And squirrels go like into your side bag, but a larger thing, um, like a goose, could be tied to the side of your horse. And then one large carcass, like a deer, across the back of your horse. I like how Jake is just randomly listing animals, and you don't see the hand gestures, but he's like putting every single animal <laughs> on the back of his horse, yeah, or in the or in his belt pouch. Yes, it's it's pretty uh pretty accurate. So, what did you do besides hunt in the game? Really, nothing. <laughs> no. uh, the the main content is like the main story you can go through, um, and the pretty much the whole world, as far as I know, is like opened up from the get go. So you can just travel and. Um, find random encounters and things like that um or you can do these like set piece main stories where you're like <laughs> like collecting debts or you know like robbing a train or mm-hmm. doing things like that and rockstar has always been really good on their set piece content where they're like this is our main story and we're gonna make it like dramatic over the top like um it's just it's just really fun to play in those in those settings now I subvert that because I'm like I'm I'm min max when I play games, so it's like if they put if they send like 50 lawmen against me and me and my crew have to shoot them all down, you know whatever. I say lawmen. I don't know where I'm from. <laughs> um, the uh, cops. They're, they're just cops. Yeah, they're cops basically. Uh, the game wants me. I pass that to like. Oh yeah, no, no. Go go forward to get to the next objective, and I'll be like, hold up. There's 50 bodies here I can check. <laughs> and each one may have about $2 worth of goods on them. So That's I, real savings. <laughs> I'll see you in 15 minutes. <laughs> um, but that uh, that's just the way I play. So if the game lets me do it, then <laughs> I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to gather everything. <laughs> so I'm hearing a good main quest content. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, decent hunting mechanics. Yeah. Um, how is it as far as... I know you said there's like some random interactions as you always need for open world. Yeah. Like maybe there's an encampment that you'll ambush or something. Yeah. But how sparse is it? Because I know we've kind of gone back and forth on previous open world things of, I have this great open space. I can explore at my own pace. Yeah. And then it's just fucking empty or it's like, hey, it's camp type A again. Yeah. And that's something I don't really, like I don't want to see a map with a bunch of you must do this Mm -hmm. things on it. And Red Dead mostly avoids that. Um, they have these legendary monsters you can hunt, which are just like, not monsters, animals. I, I was going to say like <laughs> mega bison. <laughs> but it basically is that. It's just like, here's a, a white moose okay. or something like that. Albino moose, right? Um, and those are usually specific to regions, but everything else just shows up as you're riding. 
So like I've had a couple times the same encounter shows up, like someone's bitten by a snake, and you can either you get suck like, them off. You can actually what's one of the options? You can suck the poison out or give them the healing like tonic. In both cases, I've given them the healing tonic because I just don't know. Like, I have the healing tonic. Why am I going to pick the other option? I don't know what's going to happen. Option one, give them the healing tonic. Option B, use your mouth. <laughs> um, also, I like how I go from option one to option B. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> option theta. Yes, exactly. Um, but there's actually, so another encounter I've seen twice is um, there's like a, a bandit or somebody. And they are have they're kidnapping a woman. She's on like the back of his horse mm-hmm. and or tied, you know, to the back of the horse because you can just pick a person up, hog tie them and put them on the back of your horse. This was a core mechanic in the first game. It's a core mechanic here, um, but you can chase him down and, you know, shoot him or whatever, get him off the horse and rescue the woman and just like she'll want to go to somewhere on the map and you can just can I can I go home? <laughs> yes, can go home. Right. And you can like uh, do that and you get honor, which is like part of their morality system. Um, but the first time I did this, I hogtied or I lassoed the, the bandit off the horse and then like jumped off my horse and hogtied him. And as I'm doing this, I see that the other horse as his rider has been like pulled from the horse as, uh, out of control. It's just going down the trail and it's gone <laughs> with the woman on its back. Still. <laughs> I was like, all right, I got to take care of this guy first. Cause I don't know if the game thinks that me murdering him is going to be dishonorable, especially now that I've hogtied him. Right. Yeah. So I just like left him in the trail. Someone else will find him. And I never found the horse, so <laughs> I assume she's fine. <laughs> There's still rumors of her uh, riding around town to this day. Just on the back of a horse. The second time, I just shot the guy. I got the encounter another time. I just shot the guy and then recovered her in the horse. But uh, that worked better for, for that woman. But yeah, there are there are kind of encounters like that. And they're, they're fun. You can get some uh, nice rewards for them and things like that. Sometimes you get tips for like, hey, there's this... Uh, there's a, a shop that's in this one specific town and they've got like a side business going on and you should totally rob that. They don't say that last part, but that's internal monologue. Um, so yeah, those, those events are fun. Is there any difference between if you play morally mm-hmm. good versus immoral? I don't know yet. Um, and it's, it's based off of honor. Cause so here's the weird thing. This is maybe one gripe I kind of have with the game is whenever you're doing the main stories, your missions you're playing with your crew you're like they're all outlaws they're trying to get money they're going to do terrible things um the rest of the game lets you choose how you want to play so if you're playing as an outlaw that's all fine now you have a consistent character Mm -hmm. but i'm trying to like build up honor to see what happens um and then the game's just like and you rob a train and you kill 50 people (laughs) you're like that's not really consistent with my character now but I, I, I kind of get where you're going. Um, I'm going to see if there's consequences. Um, people seem to like me a bit more. If um, Jake, I wouldn't say that. <laughs> right, right. Well, they, they seem to. <laughs> they hide it well. If I'm honorable. And uh, you can still do fun, murdery things as an honorable person. Because there's plenty of like bandits. And uh, you can also take bounties. Which is probably like my, my favorite activity in the game so far. It's just like, get this person... And they must be taken alive or something like that. And they're like, oh, they pulled a gun on you. Now you have to go into Deadeye and literally like shoot their hand. So they don't just kill you, which is how you lose in many games. <laughs> You're dead? You're done, yeah. Yeah, yeah. 
Um, but I like that added challenge and being a bounty hunter is just fun. Um, but yeah, so far it seems pretty solid. It's got a cool opening too. It's got like, uh, the game is gorgeous, like super, super pretty. And the opening is during like winter mountain pass, like tons of snow. And I just went around in my, with my horse, like making, plodding down snow, mm-hmm. making like a little in, uh, indentation in the snow. And it's really freaking like the, it's just a technical demo, basically <laughs> what I'm like, what I'm experiencing here. But, uh, I just appreciate that a ton. It's really cool. Nice. Um, but yeah, we'll see. I haven't beaten the game yet. I'm probably like maybe halfway through, but I've been playing other things. So kind of like come back to Red Dead, play other things. That's, that's the tricky choice. Whenever I move to play, like whenever I'm jumping to PlayStation, I'm making the sacrifice that I'm not going to be available <laughs> to, you know, play multiplayer games with people and stuff like yeah. that. But you actually like will sit down and set like a block of time for like, I'm in the living room now. Yeah. And I'm like, I think I still have my PS4. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. But, um, yeah, it seems really solid. And uh, critically, it's, like, on fire. So I, I had checked, and it's, it's got a 97 on Metacritic um, right now, which is about as good as it gets. That's, like, yeah, it's half, bad. <laughs> that's like Half-Life Bioshock, uh, the original Bioshock. Um, I think got, like, a 96. So really well-reviewed. I only encountered a couple game-breaking bugs. Um which I will detail because I thought they were hilarious. Uh, I had missions where I, there was other NPCs I needed to follow, and they would like like talk to me. Like that's Rockstar's format: is you go somewhere, and the other people talk to you. Like while this is going, that's how they pass time, right, on the trail. And uh, the NPCs just stop. <laughs> they get to a point where it's like there's supposed to be another trigger. They're supposed to jump to their next event or whatever, and they just stand there <laughs> and like. <laughs> I tried some ridiculous things to get it to progress, like run them over with my horse <laughs> <laughs> or like, uh, like knock them to the side and things like that. And there was a couple times I had to purposefully fail a mission cause I couldn't find an ability to retry in the middle. Mm-hmm. I had to just like run out of bounds and it's just like you abandoned like butch or whatever Dutch actually. Um, and I'm like, yeah, but it's because he literally wasn't moving anymore, and I had to reload the game. Um, so that's been unfortunate, but uh, otherwise pretty clean. Yeah, solid game. However, there was a game I have been playing that many people do not consider solid, and that is uh, Fallout 76. <laughs> I was going to say Metal Gear. Yeah, <laughs> solid. <laughs> Metal Gear, not so solid. Yeah, <laughs> soft Metal Gear. <laughs> but, uh Yeah. Fallout 76 is uh, technically in the Fallout franchise. Yeah, um, so what what the fuck's the deal? Because I know you've been spending a lot of time playing it, yeah. but every single reviewer who I know and respect, or YouTuber who like covered the game, like, hey, here's my experience, yeah. has been spouting terrible, terrible things. Just, just like up front, just clear it all. It's pretty much all true. <laughs> <laughs> good, good. Um, it's... It's been in an interesting space. Um, they basically took a genre that everybody appreciated as a single-player uh, open-world RPG mm-hmm. and made it a multiplayer open-world kind of RPG. It's like... 
they subverted that pretty hard, like in a lot of ways. So let's start with the I I would imagine shorter list of what did you enjoy about it or what did they do yeah. correctly as far uh, as the game. So things that I enjoy about it is um, playing with a friend in certain circumstances when you're not trying to slowly go through a narrative set piece mm-hmm. where like you want to listen to hollow tapes which are like their voice recordings um or read terminals which you know people will do a different their their own reading speed um times where you're not trying to sit there and appreciate the story multiplayer is actually pretty fun um it's we had a couple times i was playing with our friend ian and uh, we had a workshop we needed to defend. There would be like waves of enemies, basically. And traveling back to help him out with that, and kind of like, you know, side by side, like tearing through all these guys, that's that's really fun. Um, there's also sometimes that people, uh, people role play a bit, and I haven't personally experienced this, but I've read stories about... Um, <laughs> One one guy was dressed all in. Uh, uh, he had chameleon a chameleon effect on, so his character is basically invisible. Okay. There's like an aberration in the air, kind of like video game cloaking, right? And uh, he snuck up on somebody, and a controversial uh, decision was made in the game that by default voice chat would just be on and always on. Uh, so I turned it off immediately, but uh, some people left it on, and this guy would come up to people and be like, "Hey." You want to buy some drugs? <laughs> and that's awesome. Like, I, I love that. I mean, from, like, a VR chat appreciation, I can see, like, the, the amusing role-playing stuff going on, being like, oh, they're, like, committing to being a certain type of character. Yeah. But I really hope you have other things you liked about the game. Right, this right. is, I mean, obviously, being able to, like, play with a buddy like Ian mm-hmm. and do something cooperatively can be fun. But... It's, for what the the franchise has been, as far as I've heard, as yeah, single player, single player, very good narrative and like mm-hmm. side characters. Yeah, and they, they've cut a lot of that out. the the other The other good thing is if you're playing on your own, um, you can. There are some good narrative set pieces where it's like I, Bethesda does this a lot. They do environmental storytelling, where if you're a perceptive player, you'll just get more of the story because you see things that are going on. Like, um, the classic example of this in Fallout is, like, there will be, like, a skeleton next to rat poison and a depressing message somewhere, right? Like, you probably drank the rat poison. <laughs> exactly. Or, like, um, if you're just running through the game, running gunning, you'll miss a lot of the, the stories that get told. Like, this pastor who poisoned his entire congregation because he, uh, they started to realize that he was, he was a fake and he was just trying to get their money. Um, there's like a a church steeple that's like overturned in a a swamp and if you climb up to the top of it there's actually stairs that lead down into an underground to an underground cave where there's like this uh like kind of demonic cult shrine and that's just really cool like that's just a really cool atmospheric like atmospheric storytelling that um unfortunately gets undercut by multiplayer so that's that's the big dichotomy for me so, from like an open world perspective, compared to like other Fallout games, yeah, without any of the multiplayer aspect, how does that match up? It's if with if you take out all the multiplayer aspect, and there's only like twenty people per server right. at most, I think. Um, you just switch worlds whenever. Um, if you take out 
all of that, the world feels really empty. And they warned us. They said there wasn't going to be any human NPCs, and there's just going to be robots. But uh, it doesn't feel right. Yeah. There's actually, according to lore, which is always <laughs> get side side eye. To that. the lore. Yeah. Uh, West Virginia wasn't hit by nukes. Like, this area wasn't. Mm -hmm. So this escaped the nukes, and that's why the Vault 76 could open so early. There was also something else that happened that basically killed off all the people or drove them crazy. It's hard for me to reconcile those two facts in my head, right? Like, like, uh, uh, New Vegas was had a lot of people because Mr. Howe shot down bombs, or like disarmed them mid-flight. Uh, Washington, D.C. basically got hit and was obliterated, but still people moved out and lived in villages and things like that. And this one, everything looks like almost pristine by comparison to other Fallout games. And there's no people. And that just seems dumb. It seems kind of like a way to say, hey, here's content. But here's why we don't have content. Yeah. It's like they tried to make an in-universe justification for a technical decision that was made early. They're like, we're not going to be able to have NPCs for whatever reason. But the game feels fake for it because they'll have times where you're just hearing about people's stories that it feels like they were there just recently, like a month ago or something like that. It all seems like recent history, and then there's no one. Yeah, I like, I feel like it worked in Left 4 Dead mm-hmm. because you had like these little messages in like the safe rooms of like, hey, did you hear the CDC or like a bunch of cocksuckers? And yeah. like, hey, you might be able to go here for like safety from zombies. Because you weren't expecting there to be a lot of people. You were with your group of survivors. Mm-hmm. But like everything else was fucking zombies. Because that's what the, the world was in that universe. And they break it up. They even break yeah. it up in Left 4 Dead. There's the, the church guy who was uh, infected but still a human and not turned by the time you make it to the church. And there was the helicopter pilot. Yeah. Like a couple of those, I think, actually, through the course of the series. So you at least got the impression that there was other people even if you're talking to someone on a radio it was a live person on the other end you don't communicate with live people in 76 it's all recordings even if it's like a public event which is like they want multiple 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 people to come in here and like Mm -hmm. defend against waves of enemies or something like that um your your instructions are all given over like a pa system that are recorded by a person that was alive at some point but the game like subverts its own like narrative in a way because there's quests where it's like, hey, find out what happened to this person. You're like, I know. I I, I know. It was spoiled literally when the game was announced. There are no people, these people are dead. That's not even a spoiler. Like I'm not spoiling content for the game because we know. It's just on the box. Yeah. Everyone's dead. <laughs> yeah. And uh it's just it's really unfortunate that they went that way because it takes out um, the traditional role-playing aspect of Fallout is you have your special stats, right? And those still exist. Um, but everything related to charisma, speech, all of that, it's like, that's all out. You have... That's, that's all out 76? Yeah, yeah. Like you that's have, odd. You have perk cards, and one of them's like, you get better prices at robot vendors. But there's no, like, trying to convince an NPC of something. And it sucks. Yeah, like, one of the big draws of other things like Skyrim, mm-hmm. other Fallouts, or going into, like, the Day Sex thing yeah. is you didn't always have to, like, go straight murder. You can just be 
a crafty bastard. Yeah. And be like, hey, demonic possessed dog, let's chat this out. And the dog's like, you know what? I was really working with some issues <laughs> against my dad. Yeah. Um, <laughs> yeah, I shouldn't bite you. You're right. Yeah. It's cool to have alternatives, but it's a weird direction. They're like, and it's gone. And it's good that you bring that up because that's the other thing. You could take the people out and still have multiple ways to complete quests. They haven't really done that. They took the people out, and all the quests feel really go-here-do-this structured. Like, at the end of the day, those were all the quests we were doing anyways. Like, it was pretty much always go-here-do-this, yeah, accomplish this. But you can have an awesome quest that's go-here-do-this. Like, uh, people love Dark Brotherhood from Oblivion. Yeah. Because you had multiple options for how you wanted to assassinate this. It all boiled down to, kill this person. Here's a bonus if you weren't seeing But the options were there. Exactly. And in this one, none of your choices really matter because you can complete these quests, you can find out about the story, but it's just you witnessing what has happened instead of changing anything. In Fallout New Vegas, in Fallout 3, in Fallout 4, you can, lesser extent in 4, kind of, I don't know, in Fallout 4, you can dramatically change what happens in the world. You are the, like, the pivot around the world like the world turns kind of around you by the end of it yeah and in this one what you do does not matter and the slightest like you can't change the state of the world because there's other people there and you know there's not going to be like one savior of the of that given world server or whatever it is you blank image of template face <laughs> yeah in t t pose and that's that's really unfortunate and it kind of removes a lot of that fallout identity um like they introduced some new, some interesting things like camps, which is like you get your own special building space, kind of like the settlements in Fallout Four, and you can kind of like move it around the map. Uh, it's kind of like a mobile base that it's free to travel to. So you can construct it, and then once it's constructed, it can just you like pack teleport it, it. Yeah, pretty much. You teleport it. Yeah. Huh. There's no like real in-universe justification that makes teleporting that makes sense, but. Um, it's nice because, like, this guy, we found someone's house, and it was just, like, a lakefront property, basically. Like, built it out on the water next to a pier and a boat and had some, like, turrets and stuff on it. It looks it looks cool, but they uh, give you a fixed budget. You can only spend, you can only put so much stuff into your house. So I have, like, a two-story concrete house, mm-hmm. and it's kind of cool. It's got all my crafting stations. It's got some missile turrets on the outside, which I think are awesome. It's got, like, machine gun turrets on the back. Great. But I used all my budget, like, on some defenses in these two stories. So I can't put, like, posters up really anymore. And I can't put, like, a chair and a table. So it just feels utilitarian instead of, like, a house. So I guess the limitation there is due to multiplayer. You don't want to have too many assets loaded into, like, a given space for the game to be running. Um Again, that just... The whole thing feels weird to me. Yeah. I've not been a real player of the Fallout franchise. I've been kind of following things. Yeah. Do they have, like, DLC? Or, like, they in-item, in-game transactions for things with crafting? Uh, They do for cosmetics. You have, like... You can wear an outfit, which I I, I really enjoy. It's got this, again, Dead Rising kind of feel to it, where you're like, here's your helmet, here's your your suit. So, like, I I have, like, a golf visor, like, fashionable glasses, just, like, black glasses with white rims, and, like, a golf suit. 
of like with pants that are khakis that go down to like my thigh. No, not my thigh. My uh, my ankle. Yeah. And it's hilarious. She's pulling out like a super sledge, like a huge hammer with like heating coils on it, and just charging at somebody in your golf suit. I love that. Um, but unfortunately, you know that doesn't really carry the game. Those cosmetics you can buy with um, you get currency by like completing random challenges, kind of. Um, and then you can just buy that currency with real money if you want to to unlock more cosmetics like that. Oh, how how convenient that I can use money to buy things. Yes. Um, and it's it's not like hugely gameplay impacting um, in any real way, but it exists. Um, and the the biggest gripe people have right now is you mentioned like they are worried about assets for a bunch of people in multiplayer, mm-hmm. and the stash size. It's like you have a box and you can just throw all your stuff in it. Um, and it's where you store everything that's not on your character. There's no way you can like have a bunch of different boxes and put what you want in each one. Mm-hmm. Anytime you access a stash box, is always yours. It's like teleporting storage, basically. Um, and it's only 400 pounds, which in Fallout weight is like nothing. So uh, the last game, Fallout 4, was like, pick up everything, all this junk. You need all of it. And this one's like, you can't pick up all of it and you still need you still feels like you need a lot of it so so it sounds like a lot of it has a lot of the gameplay has been kind of truncated yeah. from the most recent fallout my other question is like how buggy oh, is yeah. this because i mean it's besides the title <laughs> yes and historically they are pieces of shit when it comes to game performance right i mean it's just fair <laughs> this is actually a so bug wise there's some pretty big ones there's uh, there's some some game breaking kind of decisions there's um there's a there's a quest that has you follow this person around like listening to their audio logs because that's all you can do you know you know you know that they're dead because there's no one alive this is why i don't leave you voicemails jay <laughs> oh my god he's dead. <laughs> you must be dead but uh at the culmination of it you need to go and kill an npc without spoiling anything for people who want to play and uh, the problem is that NPC is only alive once per world at server reset. So he doesn't respond. And since you got like 20 people per, per world, unless you jump on right after a server reset, you can't complete that quest because he's always dead. You'll just go to where he's at and it's just his corpse there on the ground. You shoot it a couple times out of frustration and you leave because you can't complete your quest. Um, that's bad. There's issues with people falling out of the world. Um, I've had hard crashes, which really sucks. Because um, there's a mechanic where you can get temporary ownership of a location, mm-hmm. set up defenses, and you get resources over time for owning it. That's awesome. I like that mechanic. As soon as you drop from the server, you lose that location. And all of your things you built there vanish. Wow. So that's a bad thing to have in conjunction with hard crashes. <laughs> yeah. It's uh, it's it's a bit rough. It doesn't sound great overall. It also runs like trash. Um, they said they had some performance fixes in the first patch, but I'm not really feeling them. Uh, usually I run borderless full screen, so I can like do stuff on other monitors too. I can't do that. I literally need the frames from running it in full screen. Um, and I, I just... It could be so much better. That's the thing. What... I mean, besides all the performance issues Mm -hmm. what would you do to fix it if it is possible to fix 
It's it's actually a really hard question because they don't. It doesn't feel like Fallout. Like they could increase your space if they could find a way to increase your storage space. So you could store things. That would be great. If they gave you a reason to play the game other than just launching nukes at things to get more loot, because that's literally your late game, is trying to get nukes, irradiate areas, and then fight the high-level monsters that spawn there. Yeah, um, it's like it's tough. They need more. They need more actual content, so uh, people can engage in it in a group and feel like it's worth playing, and also things where you can uh, play as a single player, like and have. Uh, fun time with it like a narrative experience um, the problem is so many of these things are ingrained in the system it's always the multiplayer fighting against the single player and on top of everything else yes um and it's 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 a hard sell like they've got a big trudge up that mountain to get there and uh i think i was i was thinking about this earlier and if this was not a fallout game if it was just a survival wasteland experience but had nothing to do with Fallout. And it was early access. And you could pick it up on Steam. People would think this was great because it has so much potential to be good. But it has potential to be good after a year or two of development. And that's not what you want to hear when the game just released, right? Yeah. I mean, I only wish they had like enough employees and budget to be able to make good games yeah right yeah this indie i know it's harder for a lot of smaller companies yeah so yeah that's uh that just sounds disappointing overall it is and the 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 disappointing thing is there's parts of the game that's legitimately fun like you said i've spent like uh over my my time off i spent like probably three or four days just straight playing this game uh improving my gear exploring spaces like having fun with it but what happens is the game subverts its own fun you're having fun hard crash you're having fun. You got the um, the the workshop. All the servers go down. You're like, it's just too much stuff that just holds it back. And if you want a consistent fun experience, which is usually what we do as adults when we want to like play a game, right? Um, Ideally, <laughs> it's kind of hard hard to find that right now. So it's earned. I think it's uh, it's fifty on Metacritic, which is. Um, Interestingly enough, lower than No Man's Sky at launch. Holy shit. At launch. What was a No Man's Sky at launch? It was like 65 or something like that. It was around there. They um, were paying somebody. <laughs> it's like, yeah, it, it definitely had plenty of problems at launch, but it didn't subvert its identity like Fallout did. And so, Fallout 5 is my answer to your question. Like, what, what do you think they need to do to improve it? Make a different actual Fallout game? Yeah. Okay. It, pretty much. <laughs> Todd Howard, get on that. Yep. So that's our advice. Um, but yeah, other than that, I mean, there's a couple things that happened since we did like a sort of news recap. Um, we had BlizzCon uh, and all of the announcements therein. I, I know that we, we did have an announcement on, I think, one of your favorite franchises. So uh, how, how are you feeling about that one? Uh, how you described Fallout 76, as Kevin Sorbo would say, disappointed! <laughs> yeah. I mean, we'll stop being, beating around the bush. So Diablo Immortal, mm-hmm. uh, the big mobile phone game for the Diablo franchise. We, it's what everyone wanted, I think. 
<laughs> Thanks for uh, testing that with uh, people, Blizzard. Yeah. But yeah, I feel like the the overall consensus for everybody that I've seen is that it's a uh, it's trash. And like, why would you do something that's been a traditionally mm-hmm. PC platform game? Yeah. Very in depth RPG into like. I don't want to throw in the blanket of casual for mobile. Right. But traditionally, like, you do have certain limitations on a phone. Right. Because you don't have, like, a mouse and keyboard and other things. You just kind of have to work with a person can touch <laughs> this or slide this. Yeah. Just so it's not going to be as <laughs> as competitive. I know how to play Angry Birds, all right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, <laughs> and it's just... I mean, we have, like, some other notes here, which a lot of people have already, ever, already covered. Mm-hmm. But... We assume our listeners don't don't have any ends in the industry. They don't pay attention to other people's videos. We are the YouTube? source, you know. Yeah. Um, like it seems like a reskin of a reskin of yeah. Diablo from like another very similar type game. Yeah, and I don't know. It's it's real disappointing because it would have been fully disappointing. I think if it was a completely original phone based game, but they just stack that on top of the fact it's a reskin, and you're like, there's just layers of disappointment. <laughs> yeah, it's just, it's always been like this great, as I said, in-depth RPG, mm-hmm. and I grew up on it and appreciated the aesthetics of everything. I didn't realize how janky the game was at the time, like yeah. kind of going back for Diablo 2 specifically, Lord of Destruction. Mm-hmm. LOD. Yeah, but it was like, it was immersive for me as a kid growing up. Yeah. And even when they did Diablo 3, I had some gripes because they kind of like smoothed mm-hmm. a lot of the edges. Big, big tonal shift. Yeah. Yeah. But they improved a lot of things too. Mm-hmm. And it was cool to have, oh, I can have these combos of gear and other things. Yeah. But this is just such a divergence that I, I don't know why. Yeah. And this is, I think, to me, this is... Um, kind of a similar issue to what uh, Fallout 76 has. If this was not a Diablo game, if this was not announced at BlizzCon, if it was just like Blizzard's making a game with a Chinese mobile manufacturer and it's a mobile game, people would be like, oh, okay, good for you, right? <laughs> like, I'm not going to play it. Yeah, it's not for me, but whatever. It's fine. But they had to t- tie that Diablo IP on it so that it kind of had more... Uh, more more power to it, more push, right? Um, same thing with Fallout. It's like the the response would have been so much less dramatic if this was just a third person action game. That's not not Diablo. Yeah, I don't. But it is. <laughs> so this will end up on the Wikipedia article of Diablo games that have been released. And, Canon uh, Diablo Immortal. Yeah, and uh, I don't know. I mean. It's it's obviously a really big misstep, and it's an impressive from an industry standpoint that they didn't see this was going to be the two things. They either didn't see this was going to be such a big deal, and they were going to just get memed on like crazy for how out of touch they were, or they knew it was going to be a big deal, and they still did it because they think that some people are still going to pick it up and it'll be better for sales. For sales, ladder. Yeah, um, I would almost always lean that way, just because big companies will. Again, blanket. I'm just a guy in his 20s who has opinions yeah. and doesn't do a lot of research. Aren't but, we all? <laughs> <laughs> my feeling would be that they probably saw an opportunity to 
get a return on investment from a popular IP. Mm-hmm. And even though like certain people might bitch and moan, mm-hmm. like we're doing now, right. that there still would be a market. And I'm sure there is still one that would exist. Oh, yeah. But like you saw for like that guy at BlizzCon, who's like a Diablo fan, obviously PC gamer. Right. He's like, what are you guys doing? Yeah. And a lot of people who were there also felt the same way. Is this a late April Fool's joke? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It's... I The, the thing I disagree with, because, I mean, I can't tell a company how to make money, but they cost their franchise, like, rep, so to speak, when you do this. You're, you're dragging the name of Diablo down when you attach it to a mobile game that nobody wants to play. <laughs> yeah. Like, same thing with Fallout, obviously. In the same way that I don't really trust Bethesda outside of my current experiences with Skyrim. Yeah. Like, they've, they've lost it for me as a company entirely. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't want Blizzard to do the same because they've made a lot of great games and a lot of oh, yeah. great choices for directions they've taken things. Like, Overwatch is still mm-hmm. crazy popular. Right. I hear Hearthstone still a thing. Yeah, people play that, apparently. World of Warcraft, <laughs> I think that's still going on. Yeah. Starcraft, like, I can keep naming games. Right. They make AAA quality games. Yeah, and, and they're, this. they're accessible. <laughs> and, yeah, I don't know. We'll, we'll see what comes out of it, but I don't anticipate a major tonal shift that's going to make this uh, accepted by the community. So I'm hoping that in the future they can actually, if they want to continue with the franchise, mm-hmm. make another Diablo game that's not Diablo 3, yeah. but can still improve on things and, you know, be on at least a console. Yeah, but ideally... PC. Yeah, I mean, they released Diablo 3 for consoles eventually. It had, like, local co-op, which was kind of cool. Threw that feature in there. I'm fine with that. Um, but, you know, make a PC game for PC gamers. I appreciate okay. that. Um, Speaking of PC games, though, Overwatch has now added Ash. Oh, yeah. Got some got some time with her. Um, she off the PTR now? She she's is. The PTR. She is uh, she's live. You can play her now um, in quick play. She's disabled and competitive because they give it some time. They don't know how to balance things yet. Yeah. <laughs> they wait for the subreddit to be like, what the fuck is this? Yeah, they've made the mistake earlier of releasing heroes that were, like, underpowered and then uh, having to buff them after the fact. So I think pretty much everybody, even Dota, does this. They release heroes in a powerful state, and then they'll just depower them a little bit if they need to, right? Um, so I think Ash is another example of that. She feels really good to play, though. Uh, Very similar to McCree? Yeah, she's like McCree plus mobility and some utility. Like, McCree is all, I land my shots, and you die or I die. And Ash has, like, knockback, the ability to, like, fire a shotgun at the ground and force a nature jump her way up. Um, she's got, like, the dynamite for some AoE and damage over time. And she just feels way more adaptive. She has, like, the aim down sights toggle, so she either fires her, her rifle really quickly, or she can scope in and... Uh, actually like do higher damage at a lower rate lower rate of fire um and she feels really good for that the one thing that kind of like limits her that kind of like pulls her back into like reasonable character uh, balance she has 12 rounds in that for rifle which is crazy but she has to load them in one at a time oh my god yeah i think every other hero has like the and it's all reloaded, right? Yeah, a lot of them do. Uh, most most of them definitely do. Doomfist, over time, like cracks his knuckles as he gets well, yeah. pellets back. But uh, but yeah, for the most part, they're clip-based. So uh, I, would that encourage kind of like a more measured gameplay? Yeah. Where you would want to do like the scope down sights, do mm-hmm. like a couple shots, 
That's what and I as found. you like reposition and kind of like reload. Yeah, there's definitely been situations where if I get really close up to somebody, I can just like mash left click and like fire the the rifle really fast, empty out the magazine or not magazine, but empty out uh, all the rounds, and then uh, I have no more bursts left. It's like a doomfist situation where I have committed the load of damage. And I now need to reload. And if you're in melee, melee, yeah. melee again, <laughs> um, you can find yourself in a bad spot. So I, I like characters that have some resource management to them. I feel like that adds like a nice layer that I like interacting with, like Doomfist, uh, now Ash, Moira, people who have resources. Um, so yeah, she's a ton of fun to play with, and uh, she doesn't actually feel crazy overpowered right now, but we'll see what pros do with her once she's in competitive. But we foreshadowed it. We talked about it a little bit. Big game patch for Dota 2. No new heroes yet, but we'll see what they do. We'll wait before the next TI. Yeah. How did uh, how did uh, Gribstroke mess stuff up? Because I haven't really played since he was since he was out. I know he was strong. I heard he was uh, really decent, and then he got nerfed. <laughs> yeah. And then, like I I've never seen it in competitive. Really? I've been catching up on some of the. Oh, he was he wasn't in captains captains he was not but outside of like that competitive scene obviously like did you encounter him in pubs at all have you played or when you play do you mostly do competitive um it ranges Mm -hmm. which is why i always will ask like guys like are we doing right right i never never pay attention to what we're queuing up for yeah um i've seen him be pretty good um the ult Mm -hmm. gets used pretty well with a lot of other things tie people together so and then just like oh did you get stunned (laughs) the person who's changed also gets stunned and other (laughs) things so like that has worked out pretty well, mm-hmm. but he has gotten a decent nerf around a lot of those abilities. Yeah, because he could just kind of help roll on people. Did a lot of that, honestly. It was pretty crazy in demo mode, at least. I didn't play against people, but he seemed real solid. I saw that like talking about his ult. They added like a leashed keyword this patch. So Slark has it. Yeah, like, he leashes people with his pounce. Um, so it's interesting that they. It's they, like a tied root kind yeah. of. Yeah. You can move around, but you're constrained by something. Yes. Yeah. Um, so it's it's interesting. I'm glad there's more things that like cancel teleport, like um, more consistently. Yeah. It kind of sucks when you're going after somebody and you're like, I don't have a hard stun. There's mm-hmm. like TPing way. You're just like looking at him like, yeah. Oh fuck. And this is just because of Oracle, right? Like it's just because I have I only have the dispel with the root. So yeah. <laughs> <laughs> That's my context, but. It is interesting to see, because a lot of the gameplay changes seem to be around, oh, you're going to get an advantage for gold here. Right. Or you're going to have like a more permanent stat if you get a kill. Like Lion's Finger of Death. Yeah, increases damage rate. By 50 each time it kills somebody. Which is a considerable amount. Like It's like 600 at uh, max rank, I think, something like that. It might be higher. It's a lot, though. It's a lot of damage. But yeah, 50 every time is like a dual win right so yeah but like the thing is like if you see line in a late game mm-hmm. i mean sure he might have like a blink hex or he'll have like an ags to hit multiple targets right but he's one of those supports that late game really kind of falls off right people get bkb and he gets sad yeah <laughs> but assuming that he's doing pure damage or can like catch somebody off guard right. he can actually still be relevant to like neutralize an enemy hero right yeah, it's really interesting. I also like, uh, this is one of the few times that they're like forgiving and a mechanic. 
and that uh, he doesn't have to get the kill with the finger if that person dies within two seconds after he uses it then he gets the bonus damage so he doesn't have to kill still you can still give it to other people um but i mean obviously you will because you're playing lion so Maybe. oh yeah if you're support you're like i'm helping mm-hmm. nuke i think the biggest change uh to me kind of just ideologically this is a dota change was the change to denying though um, oh yeah because they've been they've been like revi- revising that deny system like every major patch it mm-hmm. feels like it's like it used to be that you got like gold and experience when someone else denied it and they're like all right well we'll remove the gold but you still get experience and all this and they're just like how about the person who got denied gets nothing absolutely nothing and you get some gold and now it's like oh dang son like this is hardcore um so i don't know it's it's gonna be interesting it's definitely a hardcore moba mechanic so it fits into dota yeah but i think one of the main changes is they round they don't want people to have as much for experience advantage Mm -hmm. for like passive rewards yeah Mm -hmm. which is why like lich's sacrifice got removed for another ability Mm -hmm. like death gaze sinister gaze yeah i haven't seen it yet but it's it seems dumb i'm not sure the effective range on it yeah but you're just like hey uh channeled walk in this direction yeah like oh shit that seems pretty decent it's like to a halfway point between where they start it so it all depend on the range but it's really interesting Especially if they have haste. I'm not sure if that's a factor. Right. And then just Blood Seeker's like, what up? <laughs> um, runs at Lich. This is not what I wanted. <laughs> but yeah, I think they want to encourage more people to have gold early. Yeah. Invest in their character. Mm-hmm. So that when you do get to mid and late game, you are pretty beefy. And if you are kind of stuck in late game, mm-hmm. certain people have advantages where it's like, I have an extra 50 agility as I am Slark. Yeah. Or things like that, so you are a powerhouse and you can just close things out. Because now he Slark can like steal uh, agility permanently if they die. If they die under the effects of the essence shift, essence shift, or yeah. mm-hmm. so he's like silencer kind of. He's got, yeah, <laughs> you still smarts, I still speeds. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I don't feel so quick. <laughs> I don't feel so quick, Mister Slark. <laughs> Mister Slark. Mister Slark. Yeah. Oh my god! It's right there. Oh, that's so good. We have to end on that, because I'm not going to come up with anything witty. No, that was basically it. So, hope you guys appreciated the podcast. Uh, We always like to hear from you. Feel free to uh, like us and communicate with us on Facebook at facebook.com slash soapstonepodcast. You can also send in feedback to our Gmail at soapstonepodcast at gmail.com. Always good to hear from you guys and uh, see what you're thinking about our episodes. Um, But with that, I believe that's all I have. So... Have a good night. Thanks. Bye.